is a weird psychological thing where a lot of people want hot celebrities to be their mother. This is not a joke. A lot of people want to be pampered in that way, and it's very sexy if you... You're not recording, right? <laughs> Which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. They're like unrecognizable. Okay. That was way, did you pick way better. Up, did you actually yeah. pick up on what I just said? Do you know what I just said? Han Bay. Do you know? Yeah, the, the guy, <laughs> the, the, the guy, the bad guy in one played the bad guy yeah. in the other. Yeah. The, specifically, the gun guy played the bald dude, which is wild. To Wait. Me. Yeah. Yeah, so I was crazy that one time where I was like, oh yeah, that's the Ujimbo poster. It's wild uh, when it's Sandro that you yeah, yeah. that. I, I like, did not recognize that. It's like, okay, that. that guy, I, like, I know who that guy is. Like, he's the, the angry, <laughs> smiling GB. bad guy. He's Gun Brother. <laughs> he's Gun Brother. GB. I, can't I actually, you. you fucker. In my notes, I wrote, uh, um, let's see. Gun was, uh, Brother. Gun, comma, brother. There was uh, Ino Kinchi, the dumb older brother, and Unosuke, the gun younger brother. Because <laughs> that's their personality. Is dumb and gun. His highlight reel is just him being dumb and gun. <laughs> dumb, and gu- dumb and gun. I'm the, going to quickly. This guy's name's... Oh, I'm not going to look. Um, do we... Uh, before we begin here, because I feel like we have to do some sort of plot basic explanation at the very least. Oh, I could not do it for this movie. I legitimately like do we, it. It like, basically I generally boils know, down to like two warring factions, right? Between the really, council. There's only the, one real faction, and then the nine people. But basically, they. What is it? There's the superintendent, superintendent. and the chamberlain, chamberlain and the sure. chamberlain is the guy. They they think he's are. They find out. They suspect somebody is corrupt, and so they go to the Chamberlain, yeah. and the Chamberlain says, no, I'm not going to go forward with this. And, and so they go to... I have been oh. for like five minutes. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. After I made the ASMR jokes, Why we're you? leaving Why? him no, inside the dude. podcast. This episode of has been brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> go back Great, and press that big old red Can we button. say that? <laughs> uh, let's continue. We, hey, we could say Blue Apron, though, right? <laughs> Who really <laughs> knows? How are, Blue Apron? How are they going to stop us? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. All right, sorry. a dollar a fucking share. Wow, Ouch. sorry, Blue Apron. All they, all they tried to do was teach people how to cook in the it's comfort true. of their own home with different, unique, unique, exciting meals every week. Wow. And this is what we What's do. What's wrong this about that? Bad now, um, everything everything is packaged in separate plastic. Uh, it's actually really bad for the environment. Hmm. Wow, well, kind of like the chips that we were all eating. What are you saying about us? Uh, I was only eating some of Harry's. Which Can chips are you talking about? Are you guys, we have been literally for the past yeah, six I know, minutes. None of us yes. have been speaking into the mic until now. You know what I mean? Yes. All right. Speaking Man, into the uh, mic. Plot twist greater than when Gun Brother had a gun. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Recording the whole time. <laughs> oh fuck. 
His power is gone. I, I think I said shit in the last episode. Is this like a cuss friendly? I've been saying open, fuck yeah. a lot. I've been saying. I, I think I said okay, fuck maybe I, four times. I it didn't register with me when any when anybody else was saying it. Just when I was saying yeah, it, then la- I got really self conscious. Language ain't a concern. Okay. Perfect. My grandma asks me about this podcast every time I see her. Oh, I want to hear you nice young boys talk concern. about movies because her other uh, grandson is also usually in this podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oops. It's have, like a uh, double jeopardy situation. Have you guys ever heard your grandmother swear at anything other than like whisper volume? Yes, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, my family plays cards. It gets oh, that's great. competitive. That's great. That rules. Say no more. <laughs> what kind Words of cards? I can't repeat. Um, during like whenever I'm home during the holidays, we usually play like 500 rummy um, war. Cribbage is also on the table blitz. war, um, but like physical combat. We all we wrestle and just we throw cards at each other. Um, cool. That's Gambit a card game. style. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My grandmother has Gambit. <laughs> uh, you oh, know my brother Nick. You know my brother Nick, too. Do you yeah. know my brother Nick? I too? don't know your brother Nick. Uh, so Nick, Nick's an interesting guy. Whenever we get together uh, with the family, uh, he always brings a poker set. It's always like this big, you know, br- iron chips briefcase looking. Yeah, with chips, with the card, like four different packs of cards. Wait, iron briefcase, like the kind of like thing that you put a gun in, in like a Yakuza <laughs> it movie It definitely looks like some Pulp Fiction <laughs> shit. He's probably yeah. the gun brother. GB? Honestly, of the Grossmans, he's definitely GB? the gun brother. Well, not to shit talk him, but he's always like... Yo, let's, we're gonna play poker, right? Yo, when we do Christmas, we're gonna play some poker, and we always play poker. We always do like twenty bucks a game, and he always comes out like negative one hundred fifty <laughs> over the course of a weekend. Without That's fail. weird math. Twenty is going into hundreds. Uh, like like first person retains all their money, second person splits. You know. It's- that's a, that's a nice thing. That's a nice association. Especially if he's coming out Kicking in the negatives. the shit out of my twin yes. brother and fucking yeah, hustling the shit out of your twin brother. <laughs> he's always like so into it. He's like, yeah, let's play poker. And it's like, dude, this is not good for you financially. This is going to be my year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out on top. Nick I've lost Brokesman. so much I can only win. <laughs> Sorry, that's a real... Gamblers Maybe it's problem. a long game. Maybe he's going to hustle you like 30 years from now. He's going to be like, this time we're playing for our lives. <laughs> I pick up I his phone and it's watch Aaron Grossman Network. Um, hey guys, welcome to the Try Love Podcast. Oh shit. Are we actually recording? A literal round this table discussion of movies we've seen at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is that the actual... Have, is the that a is literal the, round is table? I like line. that. That is the log line I just made up for the last episode. That's kind of so. cute. Thanks. I like it. Um, just to... to plug this now um something you may need to blue to apron <laughs> blue that, but this episode brought to you by squarespace um and the fact <laughs> that um, there's this. there's a uh, uh like a british king arthur movie that's coming out um they make that joke in the trailer that they're sitting at a literal round table God so just something it. to be oh no no, no. i saw because be, they unfold the leaves of it right oh man um, i hate that so <laughs> just to warn you that joke is about to become very mainstream, and it's probably going to be done a little we bit better because they, they have now. they have God the prop that people can see. <laughs> it's a literal square table that they unfold. So Fuck. just Harry and I saw the the new Spider Man recently, yeah, yeah. and uh, I made the joke. To, I don't know if he actually found this funny, but I was like, if your if your trailer is advertised before uh, like a comic book movie, good if you are Disney. If you are not Disney and your kids movie is advertised, that is going to flop so fucking hard, dude. Just like every like mm. some for some reason like Twilight wannabe movie coming out Dead in 2018. I mean I don't know if this is a rule, but I will say and like I will probably be proven wrong, and I'm saying it on a recorded medium. But like that King Arthur movie did read flop to me pretty Dude, hard. Dude, 150 yeah. million dollar budget opening weekend is going to be like 16.3 million. Just like oh, Sony is uh, reevaluating their release schedule for the I Kid wonder, Arthur like, Cinematic Universe. It's, it's interesting though. It's 
it doesn't seem like it's based on a pre-existing media property, which is like like a, not based on a revamp, which is super rare Arthurian for a kid based on movie, the oldest right? fucking property there is, dude. And it seems to take way too it's many based hints. on the entire British Empire. Yeah, it seems to take way too many broad strokes from like <laughs> Harry Potter and other like high fantasy kids things to be called in well, any. It, aspect I mean, it's original. just wild because like I, I don't think I've seen a movie of that style that hasn't been based on a YA novel in like yeah. 10 years Mocking, or something. Jay and uh, yeah. Invisible well, Monsters didn't Mortal or whatever. Engines just flop really bad? Oh, yeah. That spelled flop too, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, I think. I, however, I was going to say that now. Battle Angel is going to come out. That movie's going to flop so fucking yeah, hard. Like but Christoph Waltz. And Mahershala Ali, I believe, is in yeah, it. Yeah, Mahershala what? Ali's in that um, movie. Mahershala it, Ali was in the new Spider-Man. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. However yeah. that King Arthur movie goes, you know, shout out to Patrick Stewart for picking up a paycheck. My um, God, his I saw one ass shot. Makes yeah. an appearance in that oh, trailer. That's right. I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I'll see this. Get paid, <laughs> I guess. What is the name of that movie? Does anybody know what that's called? The Kid Who Would Be King. Is it oh, the kid actually, or the boy? I think it's a kid in King Arthur's court. With a with K's all around. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Abbreviated KKK. <laughs> King the Arthur, KKK the kid, the cinematic universe. Jesus. Oh. So, like, Birth of a Nation and... <laughs> and 80 years later, oh, this God. film. Woof. Yeah. Intolerance. Yeah. <laughs> um, take a quick mark. Maybe we'll just edit that all this. Eight minutes, 48 seconds Let's just of edit that. all of that out. No, that's that good. I'm going to make try a mini sode. Uh, oh yeah, we can do like a clap only for Patreons. Yeah, <laughs> brought to you by Blue Apron. Clapcast is or uh, Crapcast. I don't know what that Crapca- is. <laughs> got him. Got ourselves. Oh boy, Clapcast uh, is a friends at the table thing. Shout outs to friends at the table. They can sue us into oblivion or something now. Dude, we're gonna get with Blue Apron, friends at the table, Squarespace, this and King Arthur movie. Yeah, Jesus, have layers all over our asses. Uh, What's the time now? Actually, yet nine nine thirty. Where everything? Uh, yeah, I can. I can just. Should we start? Yeah, uh, actually, we've been recording right. this whole time, though. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Try Love, a literal roundtable podcast where we discuss <sighs> movies. Thank you that we saw at the Trial on Micro Cinema. Not the Micro Cinema anymore. Now it's just the cinema. cinema. You can uh, still call it Micro Cinema. I really still like that name. Uh, it is cute. Uh, the Lil Cinema. The li- <laughs> Lil... Trilon. The Lil Cinema. <laughs> I think I have a sticker that says Trilon and says Trilon Micro Cinema and then the micros crossed out, I want to say. Uh, you mean which like is kind of a cool they thing. They crossed re- it they out. They rebranded when they... Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. When they... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Expanded the size of the screen or... I guess, yeah. Revamped. Did construction. Did construction was what I was they looking for. Thank you. Constructed, These if you will. That's the past glorious myths. Uh, we're going to be talking wow. about Sanjuro. We just spoke about Yojimbo in the last episode, so we're going to be talking about Sanjuro. Direct sequel to Yojimbo. We discussed having like a fairly detailed plot summary, since we don't do that very often, but not like super detailed. Just like of Sanjuro? the big beats. Well, the big beats. We I discussed think will be the important. opposite of that. Did we? None of us can remember the. I don't fucking know what the plot. fuck this movie's about, dude. <laughs> what? We discussed okay. the exact okay. opposite this of movie, what the thing movie, you just said. This okay. movie is remarkably similar to like the Phantom Menace, where it's like a pretty lighthearted, like, oh, this is a fun adventurous romp, what? and you're like, there's like they're talking about like like the the chancellor of one land who dislikes this other guy, and there's all this weird. You're saying it's intrigue. like. Phantom Menace in that there's political political subtrack. Yeah, but like... Like Phantom Menace in no other movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... but Ask ask the random person who has seen the Phantom Menace, like, hey, what's the actual plot of that movie? 
what what is the percentage of people that could anything name anything close saying. to that? Okay, yeah. So, to to summarize, <laughs> to summarize, Sanjuro is a direct sequel to Yojimbo. Came out a year later. One year later? Yeah, nineteen sixty-two. It originally wasn't going to be a Sanjuro podcast. Or a Sanjuro podcast. Can we start over? Pretty me centric, huh? Please leave. I was po- I was pointing at everybody because I didn't know if we wanted to like introduce ourselves. Is that, oh, a, thing? Is that, is that a thing you do? I must before? have We're kind of slap happy. It's late. All right, we just I'll recorded start. another podcast. I'm, I'm Jason. I'm Harry. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. Different different order this time, I boys. Moved up the uh, the tier list. <laughs> you here. did. You're getting closer to the recorder's chair. <laughs> Moving up. Eventually, the tier you list. will just eat Jason, and you will right. be next to the. After why does Cody, the largest podcaster, not simply eat the other podcasters? He's watch, I, he's Cody's not his... the largest podcaster. I'm sorry, Cody. I have that the largest me. heart. That's true. I called you wow. fat, dude. Man. That's not... After all that talk we had prior to this about us counting about calories or whatever. using the MyFitnessPal My app. Pal app. Sponsor, we are sponsored today by MyFitnessPal. They're owned by Under Armour, actually. Sponsored by Under Armour. Really? But we can't... So we will get sued, actually. The Rock has an Under Armour line, Nobody's right? going to ever listen to this, so we won't get sued. <laughs> that's our protection. Legal protection. <laughs> Uh, so our that's lawyer we advised are. us against anyone ever Your listening Honor, to this. Your Honor, we didn't And I said, no problem. Uh, so, Yojim- Sanjuro, direct sequel. It's the third time I'm saying yes. this. So, Sanjuro, direct sequel to Yojimbo, in which the character of Sanjuro appears magically as a vagabond before nine men trying to upset. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Aaron said, it's like an anthology thing where it... Yeah, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, sure, I, I wanted you to continue the thought. <laughs> and they're it's all like, gone. It's Every like Mad Max, thought. where it's like... Stop it's saying it's like Mad Max. Character. Jesus, <laughs> is it not the same character? It, it is the, the, My uh, world actually, is blood and dust. If we want to jump into the Ooh, kind of the, 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 the fun facts about this movie, um, alternate title was actually Sanjuro and the Nine Dwarves. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely how it felt <laughs> nice. early on. Yeah, for sure. No, for real, though, it did have... It was based upon a novel, Hibi Hayan, and it was altered after the success of Yojimbo to include the character yeah, of Sanjuro. I did not know that. I'm it's reading interesting. It off of uh, this wasn't originally supposed to be a Sanjuro story. It was not supposed to belong in the Yojimbo CU. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is the the Yojimb cinematic universe. <laughs> um, which is interesting the, because, yeah, like, the, the YCU, the movie, as we'll refer to it. The movie we got is such a character study, and it's so Sanjuro-centric, almost to the detriment of the movie, in my opinion. For real. That uh, that it, it would be fascinating to see what they would have done with this movie without a San, without Sanjuro in it, you know? Um, it would be kind of more like 12 Angry Men, where it's like, I don't know, I just a kind of a collective... Especially, right. you get mm-hmm. glimpses of that, and I'm, I'm I don't know how we want to pace this, but jumping like really far ahead, uh-huh. where we're talking about is is this Ronin um, someone who can be trusted or not? Like you could have a movie with just that, but like no major Ronin protagonist, mm. and mm. like that could be something fun, right? Uh, the basic outset of the movie is more or less Yojimbo-esque in which this Ronin becomes part of he involves himself in local politics uh, of this small town, this province. He sort of stumbles into a larger uh, political problem that he ends up inadvertently or semi semi (laughs) vertently becoming uh, a a major sort of um, 
figure in by by deceiving one side and sort of playing them both against each other ostensibly to personal benefit but really he, he's only toward... playing one side in this one yeah there is there is no playing both sides right that's to me one of the probably the biggest difference and it plays to the detriment of sanjuro is yeah. that he's he's you know at, with two warring factions in yojimbo he's doing kind of scummy things to his own benefit um he does one redeeming thing on movie uh whereas sanjuro is just look how cool and good sanjuro is yeah he, like he is yeah. like that's how we're meant to interpret it this is a good design. guy doing good things um yeah i mean like i think that the the and like obviously i'm trying um i'm projecting authorial intent on this uh, in a way I probably shouldn't. But, like, obviously, I think the movie's set up so that we get to see different sides of Sanjuro based on who he interacts with, right? Like, I, I guess the brief um, high-level plot summary is there is a um, a samurai government in this small town, and there are these nine sort of bumbling junior noblemen samurai, and they suspect corruption— and they go to first, I believe, the Chamberlain. Is it the Chamberlain first? The Chamberlain first, yeah. And he truthfully tells them he's not going to go forward with it because, like, the thing he tells them is, I could have done it, but really he's trying to protect them because he knows that if they go forward, they'll paint a target on themselves. But then they go to the superintendent, and he says he is going to go forward with the corruption, and they should bring their evidence to X place. Um, which is the this temple, but it turns out that the superintendent was actually the corrupt one, and he's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And, and they trust him because he's more attractive, like he's just a better-looking dude. That's a fun way to set up the movie, it's, I think. Yeah. This movie is thematically about not, you know, appearances can be deceiving, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's right. even Sanjuro, right? Like he on the on the high level, that's the idea. Yeah. And yeah. obviously the the metaphorical tie is to Sanjuro himself, for sure. He is introduced kind of as like a bum. I mean, he he basically was as far as I can tell, you know, just like napping in the shrine where they're having this he was. discussion. Yep. Literally was like a like and an it, old and cat. It's because he's literally a homeless dude. He's like a wandering ronin. Mm-hmm. Um and he was sleeping in the temple where they they were going to meet the superintendent. Yeah, yeah, and so he, he overhears their plan. They're you know they don't know whether to trust him or not, and he kind of unwillingly. Well, no, he he decides to help them out out of the kind of goodness of his heart, right? I mean, whereas in Yojimbo, it takes maybe an hour or so until you start to realize this character's uh, ethics and morals. This film, I mean, it, it sets it up pretty early that this this is a movie good guy. knows you've seen Yojimbo. <laughs> it, it relies on that, though, right? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Uh, but but anyway, so like the the big difference here is that through this movie, we get to see Senjuro guiding these nine sort of um, hapless young people through this plot that they're hopelessly out of their depth for. They're sort of like these classic incompetents in like um, maybe I, I think I brought this up at the movie theater, but like the like. Hello there. Sorry to interrupt. We recorded this episode at my workplace, and wouldn't you know, I forgot the cleaning crew comes in after hours. So we stopped ourselves there and uh, let them do their thing. Anyway, after a couple minutes, we'd completely forgotten where Harry was headed with that thought, so we decided to go back and explain what actually happens in this movie. I'll put you down back there. Thanks again for listening to our show. Bye now. 
mean, I, fucking in my mind, it's really hard to communicate the like after the first scene, which kind of lays things out pretty well. Yeah, like Sanjuro turns on the steps. He's about to walk away from this group of junior noblemen samurai. I think, as you like, pretty well put it. That's yeah, what they are. That's what they're um, about. confident, but out of their element. Um, and he kind of turns back around and decides, you know, you know what? No, they're still you, y'all are still in trouble. They're going to die gotta, if he doesn't help. Right. Them. I, I gotta I gotta hold on here and just kind of walk behind you all to make sure you're staying right. on the right path. And and like the reason why the plot is framed that way is so that we can see Sanjuro as mentor in a way that we didn't see and that that brings out certain elements of his personality like the fact that he's um, <coughs> gruff and grumpy we can keep talking okay yeah, he's definitely a stray dog who has stumbled upon like this. Pack is stray of, dog, another name of an Akira Kurosawa movie. Yeah, stray dog. Yeah. Oh, nice. well, wow. we'll pretend that was intentional. It uh, was. He stumbles upon uh, a pack of, you know, it's kind of like um, the Aristocats, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite Disney movies. <laughs> you have pulled Disney out animated movies to Excellent. Like the, the, the Aristocats. These, these noble, these noblemen, young pups who are just out, uh, out and about. They c- stumble upon the stray dog who has to show them the way. I would watch that. And also, um, eventually, Again. two noble women, right, join yes. this sort of train. Mm-hmm. They're um, not the super, the Chamberlain's wife and daughter. And daughter, yeah. Yeah. Um, good good characters, actually. Definitely yeah, better than the nine kind of oafish. Yes, uh, they're interesting. Samurai. I don't love this movie's gender politics. Right, they're very misused and portrayed in ways that are not yeah. good as far, yeah, as, as far right. as that goes. Um, which sucks because I think that Maybe, ironically, Yojimbo's gender politics were far better. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, as you pointed out in the last episode, you know, one side is basically overseen by, by a woman. By a yeah. woman, yeah, exactly. And she's, she's behind far more competent and, like, like, really understands what's going on truly. And, like, these two women are characterized by their lack of understanding right. of situations. And, like, they were... In the first place, saved, and that's how they became a part of this crew to begin right. with. Their yeah. whole existence is framed by the fact and that largely they were fawn over how much they like Sanjuro. Uh, I guess that's true, but I, I do think that the main kind of character arc for Sanjuro as a character does come from a conversation he has with the mother. Yeah, right? um, there's she, the the whole the like, line thesis about the, of the movie that they yeah, say to right? the movie. Yeah, swords are swords are better when they're in their sheath. A good sword is is in its sheath or something. Yeah. And, and and that's Sanjuro's problem is that he can't be in a sheath. He is a, just a sword, right? Like he has Naked no sword. He has no home. He has no like. Um, he has no protection from the world and or from either affecting or being affected by the world, um, which is interesting because, like, this is both both the Yojimbo and Sanjuro stories are about how he affects the world, even though he would rather not, uh, which is which is cool. Um, he would rather let the world be, but as a naked, unprotected sword. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's problematized a little bit because, like, in Yojimbo, he definitely has agency and chooses to enter the situation. And that control, he yeah. Um, but he does it ostensibly for money in that, I guess. Um, anyway. His uh, motivation's a little shakier in Sanjuro, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's responsibility, right? Like, he... He, he, he feels the need to help these, I mean, yeah. extremely helpless people out. Right. right? I, like, like cartoonishly. So, like, okay, so they're samurai, right? Yeah, but I don't know too much about they're samurai. Like, samurai is just a noble class, so like it doesn't make any reference to their competence or their uh, I, ability. I guess they they're are... basically rich kids. Okay, yeah, that actually helps. Yeah. They're basically like rich, like prep school, kids. right? Okay, 
You know what? That actually helps me <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Yeah, he certainly feels responsible. And then as he goes, um, like there comes to a moment about halfway through where these where these kiddos decide that like they can just stop listening to him. And then he, you know, kind of flexes as he does super well and just like, okay, fine, see what happens. I right. will, you know, I'll stop walking for about 10 seconds to let you all do your thing. Um, so it, it gets to a point where it becomes more about him kind of showing off a little bit in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should say that you had a good point when we walked out of the movie that, like, in a lot of ways, Sanjuro recreates a lot of the beats of Yojimbo, where, like, there is one scene of impactful, um, like, high-intensity violence in about the middle of the movie. This was almost a direct recreation of the Yojimbo one, except with a higher body count, and it went on longer. Uh, there are, like, the scenes where people speculate about Sanjuro's motivations. Um, there are, it, like, it sort of... it. This is such a silly and, and like, weird thing to say about a Akira Kurosawa movie, but it feels like a sequelitis, right? Like you said. Yeah, it's, very much it, to me. Can, can, I, can I reference Mad Max? Are you going to get up? How many I'll, times are you going to reference I love Mad Max. Here's, here's I'm the, at the recording wheel. Here's the issue with this movie, right? I, I like this movie well enough. Um, me too. I, I think it's important to say we watched Yojimbo. There was about a five ten minute break. We watched this movie. That yeah. yeah, which is ironically, is a weird it, it it really hurts Sanjuro, right? I, really, I think I think in isolation, Sanjuro is a much stronger the movie than it is coming off the heels of Yojimbo, which is which a is perfect a, movie. Which is a perfect movie, yeah. and then to see like a much more traditional, much more flawed movie in Sanjuro is like really sort of it's kind of uh, upsetting. Yeah, um, it, it it's rough for Sanjuro. It, it's rough, and it's it's. You know, Sanjuro is doing a lot of different things, but it's just not doing any one thing as well, mm. right? I mean, just the, when I think of Yojimbo, I think of, like, the the geography of the town and how it just presented is so well uh, from shot to shot, right? Um, and when I think of Sanjuro, I, it's, it's kind of a pretty standard adventure movie, and it, it has, to me, the problem that a lot of uh, adventure movie sequels have. Um, I would again. I would reference like not not the Road Warrior, but I reference uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, I would reference like not even Temple of Doom, but like The Last Crusade, where it is a direct reference in a lot of ways to the movie that came before it. Right, over exaggerated, overemphasized. The character is be- even more funny. He's even yeah. more violent. Well, He's like Sanjuro more- had become a brand, and so there was an obligation to hit certain brand mm-hmm. beats. And there's obligation to like make the same jokes, though, right? Like, oh, I'm doing it for money. Like, oh, that's not enough money. Like, oh, that's the and, and he is sort of his his personality and even the acting, in my opinion, is. Um, emphasized to a degree that becomes um, limiting, I think, or like like less nuanced. It's sort of like like if San- Sanjuro was such a realized character in Yojimbo, and he like he still is certainly in uh, Sanjuro, but he's a bit of a caricature of who he was in Yojimbo in Sanjuro, in my opinion. Like even the way that he. Um, plays with physicality where like I couldn't point to a specific physical tick other than the eating in Yojimbo and I can point to like three in Sanjuro right where like he itches and he does the very specific left shoulder right shoulder uh like rubs shoulder. his chin you He's know got, contemplating and, and it, it's yeah. like it's like yeah I one of those is easily also him just like 
laying down sleeping or just being out of the action. Right. That mm-hmm. super cut of oh, yeah. people coming in. That became just like waking less. Up. It, it was like three too many cuts. Yeah. I, where, there was yeah. a super cut once where it was Sanjuro continually being awoken grumpily oh, by... Uh, by people making plans or, or informing him of the ongoing situation the of the, the stuff that he, you know, anticipated either anticipated or like knew wasn't actually a big deal. And they're making these grand plans that he's like, no, that that's not going to yeah. work. Guys, you're doing, you're doing it wrong. I, I'm glad you brought up the physical geometry or geography because that's a pretty decent metaphor for this movie where like Yojimbo, this is also mostly a set movie. Um, ultimately, in the second half or so, it becomes... Really, two houses right next becomes, to each other. Yeah, it becomes a story about two houses right next to each other because it turns out sort of coincident... Or they, they purposefully, on Sanjuro's sort of classic, um, brilliant sort of uh, underhanded suggestion, he... he um, has them hide in the neighbor's house because they'll never search something that close and they can hide in plain sight. But from that point on, it becomes about two houses uh, right next to each other, and that's where all of the action of the film takes place until the end. And like Yojimbo, there's a definite set piece there where Yojimbo was the alleyway and the two houses. The difference is that in Yojimbo, there was a far more complicated physical space, and uh, they used the physical space really well, but you could also it was much more comprehensible despite being more complicated. Where yeah. like like whereas in San Juro there was a, a far more simple physical space where it's just these two houses and you still didn't have as good an idea of the physical spacing of the characters within the mm-hmm. world. The the second half of this movie essentially turns into a heist movie where they're yeah. rescuing a guy from a house and they're you the know they're kind of sneaking in. Yeah, they're rescuing the Chamberlain and they're sneaking in. And it's a heist movie, and it's such a perfect opportunity to set up the stakes of like, okay, here's what, here's how we're going to break in, here's the plan. And if I close my eyes, I cannot Sorry. remember anything about that house, how it was laid out, except for the river, right? Except the for river the river and between. the little courtyard. Um, yeah, it's, it feels kind of wasted. Um, and we're being very harsh to this movie. Still, fi- it's a fine movie. Yeah, um, I, I think specifically they do some really good character work where the the discomfort carried over from Yojimbo is really good, especially in regards to the women where uh, Sanjuro is so obviously out of his element when talking to women, um, particularly the, the wise uh, mother um, who, who seems to measure him up pretty well early on. And... Uh, and he just, like, he can't help but be, or, like, he can't be but impolite. Uh, it's, uh, that stuff is really good and strong, I think. And I think the mentoring stuff works really well, right? Like, we get a sense of, like, how he's, like, a dude who's pretending to be something scarier than he is at heart. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but I guess I guess what came back to me, for too, for me, narratively, was, like, this movie is more or less just, throwing different kinds of characters at Sanjuro and the movie is about like Absolutely. his reactions to them right like the group of uh young like foolish men uh and he's got to be mentor to them the 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 two women including the wise mother character who kind of forces him in some ways to reevaluate his own uh, place in the world and his own like position as Ronan uh, who likes to meddle in other people's affairs and then the bad guy who kind of ha- forces him to like give in to that more negative Hanbei uh, Moroto, who is the the foil 
yeah. that Gun Brother. <laughs> He's was GB from from Yojimbo. played by the same actor. Uh, really well, Katsuyu Nakadai. Yeah, uh, kind of really brings, great actor. He kind of brings more of an evil flair to this role than he did to the first. And movie. much more competence. He's much more a traditional foil mm-hmm. than than that brother was. He's definitely a much more yeah, totally agree. Much more traditional foil. Um, the only person still I feel who gets um, the best of Sanjuro is the wise uh, the wise older woman um, who kind of jabs her finger at him and says yeah but you're just a sword without a sheath and mm-hmm. we're reminded of that but I mean this for a, as more um, traditional of a villain this is um, just as far as presence um, you know he's not waving around a gun I didn't feel like any individual person was a real threat uh, to just the nature of Sandro in this movie even when he's um, thwarted so to speak um, during his his kind of climactic um, sneaking in right. to that he's house. captured again right before the climax. Right, <laughs> but that's due to no fault of his own. Like, yeah. that is straight up not his fault. He was given garbage information by his cohort who all they had to do was just give him one one good alibi, one good excuse to get yeah. these people out of here. And, you know, he, he gets put into a situation. I just didn't feel like, you know, it, it wasn't the same sort of impending doom that we got in Yojimbo. Yeah. Um... To speak to what Jason was saying, too, like, I, I don't, I think you're right. These characters, they don't feel like characters so much as they feel like reflections through which we can see different aspects of Sanjuro. Yeah. Like, I, I was looking up because we keep referring to her only as the wife. or the, Which is really, really bad. She does not have a name. No? She is not named in the film. So Wow, uh, that's worse. She is in this uh, Mutsuta's wife, who is played by um, Takako Iri. She's great. I mean, she acts extremely well um, in this movie, and she's like a really good character. The daughter has a name, Chidori, one name. She doesn't sure. have a surname. Um, I don't know, like, just the fact that if if we're both agreeing... That, oh, I, that I think I'm wrong about... Hang on. Sorry. No, I, never mind. I'm sorry. If we're both agreeing that that's more or less why those characters exist for this movie, I think that directly leads to a feeling like a flatter less interesting story. I mean, it's still focused on Sanjuro, who people, who was, like, obviously the the point of Yojimbo, like, he's the titular bodyguard of Yojimbo, but it just doesn't make for much of a compelling, like, just exploring this character further and not really exploring his context or his world around, or the world around him, like, you see his habits, his behaviors, his, like, maybe some of his insecurities about being sort of masterless, guideless, wandering, but it doesn't, yeah. Something doesn't add up quite right. for I me. I mean, like, like my, I guess, high-level take on Sanjuro is that, like, he he's a person without... He's a person out of context, right? Like, he's a samurai without a master. Um, and samurai are so contextual in that mm. they are meant to be not an expression of themselves, but an expression of the will of their master, right? Right, of their, lord. Of their principles. Um, and so, like... And also, the, the sort of... Um, the literal sword of the Lord, right? Like the, the person who, who is affecting the will of their Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he has no will to affect, but he can't help but affect, right? Like he's a sword without a sheath. So like he's a, he's a person who can't help, but have an outsized effect on the universe, even if he does not have a will to affect, uh, which is the sort of central frightening element of him. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, 
and this is kind of, I, I, I was thinking maybe we would talk about maybe the the violence in this movie because um, it is kind of interesting. It's fucking you know, rad. <laughs> I, it is rad. It's maybe even more gratuitous than Yojimbo. Um, well, well, you're probably yeah. thinking of the one There's, big scene. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of two scenes. Okay, I was the main would be the the main fight scene was the one that I was talking about with the. I mean, he goes through like, fourteen, fifteen people. <laughs> Um, right. I think he doesn't actually draw his sword during that scene. I think he's using, I want to say, other people's swords and kind of grappling a little bit. I could be wrong about that. He certainly he changes weapons at least once. I can't remember if it's his that he starts with originally, but ultimately I think you're right and that it's very minimal effort as far as... Oh, uh, one one cool note. I'm not 100% sure, but in right before the climax of Yojimbo, uh, the... the um, graveyard or the um grave maker gives him a sword and says sorry it's a dead man's sword if you remember which is a great i believe that's the sword he has in sanjuro still Ooh, it looks very wow. similar it's like a similar thing wow. an and also like the idea of giving sanjuro a dead man's sword and like what that suggests about being a man out of context and a, a masterless samurai at the end of the samurai period and it's that's good stuff um, yeah i forgot about that that is definitely an it's right in moment of that yeah. movie when he when he says sorry it's a dead man's <laughs> sword it's so yojimbo and so yeah. perfectly in key with everything else yeah it's um so what did you want to say about the violence yeah. in sanjiro well so sorry. one that scene is essentially a copy of the scene from yojimbo where he rescues the one rescues the man's wife Yui, who had been wife, gambled yeah. away um, and he, I mean, he pulls pretty much the same trick here, right? Like, kill everybody while no one's looking, uh, pretend that someone else came in and did it, and then, you know, hey, tie me up. Yeah, and he I'll, even I'll does the holy shit, all these guys are dead thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to this, to me, I Got mean, him again. What? <laughs> got him again? <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't understand. Yeah, so got him again. What oh, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to point out that this also kind of, this also had a, a flex. Um, this time, not spoken by Sanjuro. Um, like the oh, fifteen or sixteen people must have come through here. Um, this one was a little bit different, and I think it was spoken by his uh, his main foe, who's his bro at this point. Um, foes become bros. Foes become bros. Um, yeah, we should put that on a shirt. Um, it's my new mixtape. You don't get to five million bros without making a few foes. <laughs> <laughs> he says um, the three guards are already dead, um, which I I don't know. I kind of like to think that Sanjuro um, diegetically was like, hey, can you say this? Just like let me flex a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. And as far as the Sanjuro being like a carbon copy of Yojimbo in certain ways, just like hitting that same, even that micro beat was like yeah. hugely noticeable. Yeah, they, I mean, they just copied the same scene, right? I mean, t- slight differences, um, but the violence is even more pronounced, more kind of comical, actiony. Uh, but it's a, it's an exaggeration on form, right? It's just like, it's the sequel thing where like every season of Daredevil has to have a bigger single take fight scene. Yeah, like this one's 12 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. You know? um, but that feels kind of shallow in a movie where the main character's main struggle is about his own violence, right? Yeah. Um, and it, the it's movie like contradictory it to theme. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, I, 
kind of, right? Because the movie sets it up as, you know, that violence being necessary, right? Mm-hmm. He goes in there to rescue he hates a few it too. of the... And, yeah. and more explicitly in this movie than Yojimbo. Uh, he says, uh, you may be you may kill, be kill them. them. Yeah. And he's it's the most upset we see him, I think. Yeah, but just before, he's just running through dudes, and the movie is kind of... Uh, enjoying it i think a little bit yeah you definitely don't get a sense of like those weird those words ringing in his ears at all just like oh i'm just a sword without a sheath he never has that struggle really visibly that we can until the end exactly until until the end immediately after the last which hits extreme violence which hits the violence i shouldn't have done that actually Yeah, yeah totally um, which also sets up, like, maybe my favorite part of the movie and, like, a, a part of the movie that I think is characteristically kind of underserved. But um, his relationship with Hanbei, the uh, Tetsuya Nakadai thing, is really cool. Uh, probably my favorite scene in the movie is the scene where they first meet, um, where uh, they have this conversation where, uh, classically, Sanjuro is... Um, responding to a job offer that Hanbei <laughs> offered him after he saw him beat up some dudes. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I want to join this corrupt superintendent. I'm going to help you uh, find these nine kids and uh, kill them. Um, and he and Hanbei have this really frank discussion about why they're doing what they're doing. And Hanbei reveals that he, they like, they basically like hit it off really well. Like it, it, we joked about foes becoming bros, but like they immediately understand each other really well. Where like Hanbei is like, look, the reason I'm doing this isn't because I respect the superintendent. It's because I know he's weak. And like when he is not challenged and, and consolidates his power, he'll be really easy to overthrow for people like us. I think he, he like honestly says people like us. So like Hanbei, like Sanjuro, is this post-samurai opportunist who who has... And I think that's something that, that Yojimbo and Sanjuro really set up well, that, like, like, Sanjuro's competence is radical not because of his fighting ability, but because he's thinking on a different level. Uh, instead of thinking like a samurai, he's thinking like uh, like a chess player like a hmm. uh, an opportunist and like looking like he basically does game theory throughout <laughs> Yojimbo it's wild uh um but Hanbei is the only other person thinking on that level in this movie right um which which makes it kind of shitty that he gets outfoxed so easily like he's still like terribly outclassed by Sanjuro which like maybe is not what the movie should have done I'm playing backseat director but yeah you know. the movie the movie should have had more of a you know, battle of wits at the very end there, right? Hanbei should have been more competent, I think. Yeah, for sure. They they should have captured him, and there should have been a scene where Hanbei is like, "I meant to be captured," you know. And then yeah, he, he should out. have he should have fought back a little bit more. Yeah, he he should have instead but, of just getting diverting his entire army over to some place. But Hanbei is not as post samurai as he thinks he is, or that than Sanjuro is because of the final scene, right after. Um, Sanjuro reveals the, the corruption of the superintendent and the nine um, kids bring their plan to fruition. They save the... Uh, the uncle, the... What's, what's his name? What's his... Su- councilman? The, chairman? the chamberlain. Chan- chamberlain. chamberlain. And we might be getting those reversed. I keep thinking chancellor, and I'm like, I, no. I believe, I believe the uh, chamberlain is, is, is the uncle of one of the nine boys, and that right. he's captured by the superintendent and his men. That sounds right. 
Horse face. Old horse face, they call him. Yeah, yeah, because he's ugly as shit, apparently. <laughs> apparently. He basically just looks like a... He looks old. Like an actor. Yeah, he had that yeah. weird like self looking by the I end. He's like, <laughs> I look like a horse. Yeah, he says, yeah. like, my horse face gets me in so much trouble. <laughs> and everybody laughs. It was awesome. He, he maze? It was awesome. Yeah, something but like that. Hanbei, uh, Hanbei stops... Uh, Sanjuro from making his exit, which is also a really good scene to think about where Sanjuro does the thing Sanjuro does where he slips away. Um, like they're having this ceremony or this like celebration dinner and he's supposed to be the guest of honor, but he's not there. And the wife is like, why isn't he here? And, and again, this is a, this is a stupid moment in this movie where the um, Chamberlain has to explain to his wife that, Oh, he'll never, He'll never be able to settle down. He'll never be able to stay here. That's not who he is. It's like, why would he be the one to explain that? She is the he one who understands that about yeah. him. That's the point of that character yeah. is that she knows that he's yeah, a sort of a Yeah, that's a good sheet. point. It sucks. And, like, what the Chamberlain is not supposed to know that shit. Like, Chamberlain's never met he this dude. Met, he hid in a closet throughout the movie. He's, an, <laughs> like, a, a funny idiot. He's a fucking idiot. I kind of would have been okay with this being, like, how um, Newman was originally supposed to be in Seinfeld, where we just never <laughs> see him. Maybe just hear the uncle's voice at some point coming we, out of the closet yeah exactly <laughs> we, we don't need we don't need to see him at all um we can leave that declaration to to her or to i mean the leader of that pack of nine yeah. you know the person who's directly related to they just to straight horse up horse face they stole the speech that she should have given out of her Absolutely. mouth and gave it to her husband and yeah. it fucking sucks like like she is the person who understood sanjuro's character and then she has to be told that he can't stay but anyway that's Beside the point, he, he does also that sounds like the point. say that instead of having uh, the superintendent put to death, um, he well not the superintendent Hanbei. Instead of having Hanbei put to death, he banished him instead. Right, it makes right. actually a pretty big speech about like yeah the Chamberlain didn't want anybody to regretting die. it. He yeah, was he's even a pretty upset, compassionate person. Yeah, that the sup- that the superintendent um, committed harakiri uh, when it when his corruption was uh, exposed. But anyway, Sanjuro does the escape, and Hanbei cuts him off because Hanbei knows that that's where he's going because that's what Hanbei would do. And, yeah, like, that's a really good point. Uh, and so the nine find him, and but Hanbei won't let Sanjuro go because his honor has been sullied. And he says, nope, we have to duel, Like, which is, which is the thing that dooms him, right? Because, like, that is adherence to an honor code, to, like, Bushido, that Sanjuro has transcended that Hanbei, I guess, is not in the end. Um, and so they duel, and that's when the the thing happens the uh it's a great duel right like they stand and look at each other for like almost a minute uh just completely uh still and way closer to each other than any two people who have swords yeah ever be. seriously uh, and then they just do the the like anime thing where it's just like they both pull out their swords at once just like Wah! and then a gigantic like go Com- ahead yeah comically oversized blood yes sword. i actually have the wikipedia uh, this is great. Me, yeah, uh, please. So the, Ooh, factoids. It calls it a blood explosion. I mean, it, it, it lingers <laughs> on the shot. It's like a geyser. It's like something from like a Tarantino movie. Like it's it's I, over the top. I mean, it's it's Tarantino got it from this, right? Yeah. Jingle. Again. Yes. Yeah. Jingle uh, Unchained. But like yes. even more so, where it's just like it's like literally just like a geyser. Um, Straight up in the air. And, and this like, movie, the violence in this movie, for the most part, is kind of cartoony it until comes out, the scene. It comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah. Nothing in. Yojimbo or Sanjuro would prepare you for this ridiculous thing that happens to this dude <laughs> in the last three minutes of the film. Uh, yeah, so in the Wikipedia it says, uh, in the same documentary, which is about the film, uh, 
Nakadai and production designer Yoshiro Murakai relate that the notorious blood explosion at the film's end was done in one take. At the moment that the uh, compressor hose attached to the actor was activated, it blew a coupling, causing a much larger gush of fluid than planned. In fact, it was so strong that it nearly lifted him off the ground, and it took all his might to finish the scene. <laughs> this is fucking incredible. Yeah, I, I highly recommend both the production notes, because yeah, the other production great. note is, on the Wikipedia is really, really moving and great, and then it's juxtaposed by this hilarious one. I was imagining, like, you know, like the little water craft, like hoverboards that yeah. people are on Vine with? Yeah. <laughs> like, just that. <laughs> but it's just blood just spurting up in the air. It's pretty much that. Man, he plays it like a pro, though. I think that passage alone puts Sanjuro above Yojimbo for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Does it kind of dumb it down? Like, knowing that it was on, you know, I don't know, Death of the Author, whatever, just take the film as it is, but, like, does it kind of dumb down, you know, if that final shot is so affecting because it's over-the-top violence and it's a sudden realization of, you know, the code that this person is living by? Does knowing that it was unintentional kind of dumb it down a little bit? I I think the distinct choice for them to leave it in as that, right? Like them coming to that realization is, I mean, that only benefited. And it. I I think it works, right? Because like it is supposed to be an acknowledgement that like, oh, like this the, is actually kind of gross. The thing that yeah. Sanjuro does is categorically horrible. Like <laughs> like yeah. his ability to kill is not a cool. It's like a terrible, awful spectacle it's like mm-hmm. isn't it cool though yeah <laughs> really um, cool. is there a more influential I mean, like, like mistake or like you know air quotes mistake because that ooh, shot ooh, must more have influential mistake indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark oh god that scene with the, oh, the one guy yeah, yeah, and and harrison ford had explosive diarrhea that day i would argue <laughs> that might not be as that's not that influential last shot yeah when have, when have you seen the Indiana Jones scene except for that specific scene? That I mean, is oh, maybe you the mean setup. like like it has a, a like a, a, a mistake that has a legacy. Among I guess films? yeah. That is maybe the setup for like Marvel's entire brand of like pathos <laughs> humor. humor. Yeah, where it's just like yeah. undercutting oh, any dramatic. Yeah, tension. good point. Yeah. Uh, Thank that you for is, saving. That me. is probably bullshit. Like, but like now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, every Guardians of the Galaxy movie is totally just that scene from mm. Indiana Jones just over and over again. <laughs> Um, I still think that it's pretty cool, guys. That's yeah. great. I mean, it, it's definitely the most famous, like, this oopsie happened on set. Like, it's definitely not famous for it being, like, I mean, in a way, you know, it's kind of, you know, it, Indiana Jones is a quirky guy. <laughs> um, but, like, that is definitely, I mean, probably the most famous, purely just for being a mistake yeah. that they had to yeah. roll yeah. with. Yeah. But the, but also, the one... I don't know if, I don't think I buy that this was a mistake. I mean, like, I get that it was categorically bigger, but they chose to keep it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. and it, and it and does serve the thematic content of the movie yeah. pretty perfectly. It's, it's interesting right? that you say, isn't it awesome, though? Because, like, the ninth thought it was. After he dies and there's that blood explosion, there's, like, a 30-second break, and then one of the guys goes, splendid, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is hilarious and, like, a hilarious misreading of choice. the situation. Right. I would almost like to see whatever movie comes after this where the nine, like, some of them completely blatantly misinterpret that scenario <laughs> <Yeah>. even after <laughs> even after Sanjuro says you know what good swords should be kept in their sheath those the four shitty ones from earlier that were like hey we don't trust him I could see them just being like 
Wow, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a Ronin. Summarily killed. And like, that's, exactly. That's a really important part of the movie is that he is heartbroken for killing Hanbei, right? He says, he was exactly the same as me. And, like, we had seen that in the movie, so it's established. And, like, that's a really cool idea, right? Because, like, Hanbei is also the only person who sort of socially was on the same cast as Sanjuro, where, like, they were both fallen samurai or, or samurai that, that lost their lords, um, I believe, um, and had turned freelance. And so there was this, there's this, um, I mean, like, very classically Hollywood thing of, like, it's like the cowboy killing another cowboy where it's like, oh, you killed the only other person who could ever understand you. And, like, they were, like, they were uh, soulmates in a way. Um, but But a really cool thing that was, like, the consequences of the lives that they had led led them to this point. And Sanjuro is heartbroken because he knows that, like, that is his fate as well. Is that, is that like, like the end of their lives was only ever going to be this blood explosion? <laughs> this, like, this sad sort of, like, duel for no reason that ends with a blood explosion because that was, that's the, like, legacy of the lifestyle. Um, which is should have been a farmer, man. You know, yeah, you, a, a easier, long life, longer life. Forage. Yeah, totally. Honestly, just like a few middle of the film beats, like yeah. intertwining these two, showing them side by side, butting heads more. You know, and more moments of them agreeing on fallen Ronin shit, like could could have really set this up to it be you know, something more massive than it was. Which is still, as we've said, like a very great movie that we like Mm -hmm. yeah we're just being very hard on it because it followed Yojimbo right right yeah it followed a perfect piece of film yeah yeah there's a part of me that wants to say this film is like some kind of very deep subversive work right Uh, I think contextually you could make that argument I think sure I think you definitely could I don't know if it's earned all the way you know um I think it does maybe take a little too much glee in the violence or in the slapstick humor um but that that ending does feel like it's out of a different film. Yeah, it does feel kind of placed in there, um, not in the worst yeah. way. Uh, and like we should say that like the, well, I I think we've already made this point, but the humor is really good and important in both of these movies. Mm-hmm. And even, I don't know, th- this is an interesting movie because, and maybe I'm reading too much into it contextually, but like it seems like it's a commentary on a bygone era. Um, and and the idea like like portraying these characters as so self-interested and so cartoonishly sort of um opportunistic it is like to me it sort of functioned as a commentary on how ridiculous it was to ever assume that humans were a different way like to assume that there was sort of a, a structure of of honor and caste that that could be imposed upon <laughs> the human condition uh and and how sort of anti-human that was the i the idea that humans could ever like have some sort of and and so i think the way that sanjuro is important is that it sort of demonstrates that that bygone era was not good you know what i mean whereas i i feel like there is room to interpret yojimbo as saying as being nostalgic for the era of samurai mm. i don't think that that nostalgia is arguable in Sanjuro. I think Sanjuro is very samurai critical in a way that um, I like quite a bit, I guess. Um, which, like, like that was not the... The point of Yojimbo wasn't to be samurai critical, but I guess to sort of defend the validity or importance of Sanjuro, I I like that as a follow-up, as being, as being like, and samurai 
were bad. <laughs> like all of this happened, but like, listen, like but. the the era of the samurai was only ever a terrible thing that was that created terrible people. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about uh, going that. back to that bromance just really yeah. briefly. I checked my notes. Um, probably in all honesty, one of my favorite moments of the movie. Um, kind of leading up to that massive um f- kill spree um that Sanjuro goes on after you know the the parents have left uh you know the building the, the parents have left the house and he's free to kind of um kill the foes um there's a moment where he and um his name uh the the um his equal Hanbei Hanbei thank you mm-hmm. i had it up until i buddied up to the mic and then it was lost um, happens to me every buddy, time buddy right up on a little closer to that mic there really? you go like this? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, there was a moment where they were talking about I don't know philosophy, um, their morality, um, and Sanjuro just kind of basically like finished Hanbei's sentence one time, and then Hanbei kind of looked at him, smiled and nodded, and he concluded with like "good partner." And I was like, "Oh man, that's really yeah." Cute. <laughs> man, I want so much more of that yeah. than there was in this movie. And like the way that they used Hanbei wasn't great because he was he was so often like a middle manager, uh, which is like such a thankless role that didn't give him any room to like. Isn't that the point though? I mean, isn't he isn't he Sanjuro? But he's you know. But Sandro found was, a place, right? Was like, yeah, that's a good point. He, he's yeah. the yeah. one who, like, you know, effectively, like, basically f- ended up in the same position. Um, and Sandro was the one who just never found a spot and yeah. just travels from yeah. place. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, and that's he why, is a middle manager, right? Like, he is. That's what Sandro would have been. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Depending on how you look at this, it might be a good thing or a bad thing. There are those moments, um, kind of the evil council of elders at the beginning. They're they're talking through um, politics and their next steps, and Hanbei is kind of popping through that side of the building. He kind of slides that panel across, and he's just compartmentalized in this literal small box, not, like, dominating the space in any way mm-hmm. that he could have, but at the same time, maybe lends to, to showcase just kind of how out of place he is. Um, I, I, and it did offer up. I don't know. We got to laugh at him a little bit, just like the comedic, <laughs> you know, weirdly timed closing of the panel. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of thoughts about that. It simultaneously worked and didn't work for me. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. Interesting. I, <laughs> I thought about that a lot after leaving, which was weird. That that would leave me with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool to make. Hanbei a comedic figure in some I and mean, even a figure we can make fun of right because Sanjuro is also that I mean like yeah. Sanjuro's out of placeness is like the source of a ton of comedy in this right even though it ultimately is also his saving grace right like it's it's the his ability to see the situation for what it is rather than what it what his cast dictates it to be or whatever um, that's interesting though man Hanbei's head is so bald in this movie. <laughs> There's so much of it. How bald is it? Uh, he looks like um, one of the characters from Code Lyoko. <laughs> you remember that movie <laughs> or that uh, TV series with the people with the really big foreheads? Because it just keeps going. Like it just man. Now, is it is it prosthetics or did he actually shave his head for that? Because I I got the feeling that there was hair underneath like a bald cap, and that's, that's why there's so much. Head. What I thought too. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. It feels like a lot of people in both of these movies had just like really decent, but unavoidably like uh present hair masks that's not what you hair call those masks. hair masks like a bald cap dude just a furry mask for your face 
So this right, was not for nominated for best costume design. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. It's interesting to note, well, it's not interesting to note, uh, but... Sen- note it. Yeah, Sanjuro has a better Rotten Tomatoes score than Yojimbo does. For fucking... Re- yeah. Wait, just, you, uh, they're both, averages. like, based on, like, 13 reviews oh. by, like, movie blogs or something, but mm. it was just something interesting to note. Yeah, Sanjuro was actually nominated for, for eight Razzies uh, <laughs> the year it came out. It was really bizarre. <laughs> Brutally turn around historically. Uh, it's incredible. Sequel it's not true. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? All right, today's show was uh, sponsored by Blue Apron and no. Squarespace <laughs> and Ramen Kazama. You, gotta, and you can't keep doing this. Farewell. Uh, I, I think that's all the points we had to make about. Yeah, uh, all, 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 everything's off our chest. Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to kind of simultaneously fawn about something and critique a little bit more we were talking about the kind of the spatial geography of um of both sanjuro and yojimbo and i wanted to tie in rashomon as well um like there's definitely something to be said for the fact that in yojimbo we learn about this town by looking at it you know we're opening up the the shutters of the you know the place where he spends mm-hmm. a lot of his time eating and drinking we just pull things man yeah it, gorgeous um oh. listen, <laughs> listen to the previous episode about yojimbo <laughs> Um, and, and we see him physically walk across this space, um, end to end within this town multiple times. Um, whereas we don't get that benefit in Sanjuro. Um, like we're told that these houses are next to each other, but we don't walk through them. We don't like, we peek over the fence. That's an interesting part is that there's a lot of peeking happening on both sides, but you're right in that there's less exchange between the two. Right. And, and I, I think about something like Rashomon where, um, kind of the the start of it. The, we spend a lot of our time in the woods because that's where the story is getting retold from multiple times from different perspectives. And the first person who brings us into the woods is um, kind of one of the the overall nar- narrators uh, of the film, the woodcutter. And he's walking through the woods, and we are walking through the woods with him for five minutes. I remember that. He, yeah, just multiple shots of him, and we're we're going uh, kind of right to left across the screen. Um, and Rashomon was one of the f- first films apparently to like introduce this kind of camera work where it's like really intimate like bringing you into this space and we're just like walking through nature we're getting shots like directly at the sun we are in the forest Mm -hmm. and like i didn't get a sense of like and yojimbo definitely brought that as well Mm -hmm. um obviously but you know something like sanjuro where we're we're indoors a lot of the time and also like not really aware of where we are outside right um where everything is in relation to each other we're just you know cutting back and forth between right. these places it not really even just peaking it really highlights the fact that i think spatially what yojimbo had that these other movies that rashomon also had was like a central like your anchor point you had the main stretch the main drag of this town in yojimbo you had that like the clearing in uh rashomon and the temple where the whole thing's going down uh and even like at the very beginning the the place where it's rashomon raining, itself the, baby. the yeah. gate yeah, yeah. Um, but in Sanjuro, there maybe wasn't that, like, was there a central location where thing like, like a hub? I, the first, you know, sequence, the first 15 or so minutes of the movie, I was really looking forward to this, this empty building where he's sleeping to be a kind of anchor point. And I Mm -hmm. love that we're still kind of nestled in these woods. Um, and I was like, wow, this is a really interesting setting. You know, we're, we're, we're within this building, we're peering outside of it to see this you know 
gang of people looking to to tear these guys' limbs apart. That was also great that like there were so many people that came yeah. to retrieve That was a them. really good image. It's like for what it's worth. <laughs> like a small army and it was just like oh no, like they're so doomed. Like right. yeah. Yeah, and we're 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 peering out from this anchor point, you know, looking straight ahead and then we eventually kind of peer off to where, you know, the, this gang eventually you know, gives up, some of them get their asses kicked, and then they kind of walk away, and then that leads us to this city where things are less fluid and, like, spatially structured. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is inherently because it is a city, but, like, you sure. never really get a sense of that. feels cloistered. I don't know. The whole movie feels a little little floaty because of it. And, and that's way, I like that. That's way incredibly thematic, more than, like, provable. Like, there are th- scenes that I remember. There are, like, frames and shots that I remember, but it's not l- anything like Yojimbo or Sinjur or Rashomon. Yeah, I, I think that we get a lot of that with the two houses at the end that does that lifting and makes those final heist scenes a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely agree with that criticism broadly, especially because, like I said, I don't think the houses are that spatially um, distinct or, or, or explained uh, yeah, yeah. coherently. Um, it's it's worth noting that I, I believe Akira Kurosawa was, wasn't going to do this movie originally. I think at the same time they wanted to make it about Sanjuro, they also brought him on or encouraged him to do it. Hmm. Um, that's not that's not to say he wasn't giving his all or whatever. That's too much to read into it. Um, I don't know. I I think Sanjuro is worth seeing. Worth oh, seeing yeah, in the context of Yojimbo, even. I would defend it as a important addition to the sort of... Um, Sanjuro cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. canon, yeah. Um, but I definitely also agree that, like, especially coming off of Yojimbo, it... Uh, it don't measure it up. It hurts. It, it's so much... I mean... It's maybe worth seeing this way, if only to elevate how unusual and fantastic Yojimbo is, in that Senjuro is so much more standard a movie, uh, and watching any standard movie after watching Yojimbo is, like, night and day, I feel like. Um, Yeah, I think if I saw this when it was, you know, just on TV, or if I just loaded up, you know, Netflix and watched this randomly, I think I would be extremely impressed by it. Um, Yeah, for sure. But it... Yeah, it, it it is it is helped by watching Yojimbo right before it, but is also hurt in a lot of ways too. Well, I think um, that's the only like right critical lens you can look at the movie through. If you only ever saw Sanjuro, you might think that's like really good execution of these ideas. Like, I mean, really it works on its own though, stuff. right? It, it does for the most part. I think it stands alone as a movie better than it does in comparison to Yojimbo, personally. Um, how do you think the experience, like our experience viewing these, and also just like how these films are viewed? throughout time how do you think that would be affected if like the order of release were swapped like mm. Sanjuro came first good question Whoa. if the, both movies stayed the, the exact same as they the are if the order of release was swapped I would think this dude's a fucking psychopath in Yojimbo like dude you just fucking gave this up a minute ago yeah that's a good point <laughs> like what are you doing like you're still plowing through people like cause the no good. cause Yojimbo's not really about the character uh, well it's not about his development as a character right it's about like him in a situation and the situation is just really interesting and the plot is really compelling uh he he is a like a definitely a um and maybe maybe i'm wrong i could see arguing against this but to me he seems like a post arc character like mm-hmm. all of the important things that happened to sanjuro that made him who he is happened before yojimbo right yeah like significantly like yeah he 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 is he is not a character who goes on a journey in the traditional character sense he is established 
And he is uh, jaded at the beginning. Right. right. Yeah. Or yeah, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, what does the sequel to this movie look like? I'm right? so glad there's not. I'm one. so glad. Oh my yeah. god. You would do the. It would do like the Iron Man thing, right? Where like one movie is. Oh, I've learned to. It, it would ex- be the good, know. the bad, and the Sanjuro. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> There'd be a really sad moment near the beginning where like all of Sanjuro's uh, iron suits just like explode. <laughs> Man, can it you just imagine? A- it just occurred to me that um, Tetsuya Nakadai is. 100% the Lee Van Cleef of these movies. <laughs> like, he, he would appear as, like, uh, like the the villain again in The Good, the Bad, and the Sanctuary. <laughs> and there would be a third guy. The, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, but, yeah, I think Sanjuro ends perfectly, to its credit. Um, it's such a good note for that character to go out on. He even says, uh, "Yeah, I agree." By by apostrophe b y e. Yeah, great localization work in both of these movies. By uh, they like a lot of the the lines are really um, poignant and well written, and it occurred to me that like those must have been localized very carefully um, and well uh, because usually. Um, or at least it can be uh, coming maybe just from a video game background. Video like, games and anime localization both. can be. It can be tough to to carry poignance. It can be really trash. It can be dog shit, dude. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, it can be. Good for them. It's Good for the localization do. team. You carried the spirit. You carried the flame. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm assuming, unless they were just goofing everything, like, you could fool me because I don't speak Japanese, but... I also wonder what the localization that we saw was and whether or not it's the typical one because it was laser subtitling and it was on 35 millimeter print so i'm assuming it was the original version right which which could also be a significant problem right especially in senjuro where like the tatami mats in the final scene were like blindingly white white and you you couldn't read read any of the subtitles (laughs) like i missed half of the last scene in senjuro which is it's a silly thing to whine about but it was significant The, the guy in front of me kept doing like Outsized gestures where he, he would like <laughs> throw, his heck, arms, throw his hands up and be like, Tuh! I could d- definitely see most, if not everybody in our row, kind of do like a lean forward and squint, like yeah. unnecessarily visibly. But yeah. it was nice to know that I wasn't alone. It was very performative <laughs> frustration. Trying to do foolish things to make it so I can <laughs> see these words. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Like, I wonder how many localizations there are. Because, that's, like, that's a good question. Um, I didn't watch the. I have the Criterion, but I haven't seen the Criterion of Sanjuro. I don't remember the ones for Yo Jimbo being that hard to read, though. Um, the uh, the Mabarossi localization that was... on the Blu-ray uh, was totally different from the one that we saw at the Trilon. Really? Yeah, which hmm. I wasn't suspecting. Uh, it was interesting. I think that the one we saw at the Trilon was better. Um, I think one of us needs to learn Japanese, and then we need to have a podcast about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Uh, well, we've been going for an I hour. Up M- Mabarossi. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> we do this it. man loves Mabarossi. Yeah, I like Mabarossi. I think it's, it's the best movie. movie I've ever seen, probably. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Is, wow, is there going to be an episode just for these spicy takes? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot feel, like Mad Max, I think, really, is the thing. I just Mabarossi? <laughs> yeah. Mabarossi, yeah, Mabarossi Max? <laughs> yeah, Beyond Thunderdome and uh, Mabarossi. Mad, Mad Max? Sorry, I'm I'm making b sounds into the mic. It doesn't b Glottal stop. <laughs> I really like the name Glottal stop. Glottal. Dude, Mark like Zuckerberg, uh, or Jesse Eisenberg, as Mark Zuckerberg says that word, says Glottal, glottal. stop. 
yeah. in the uh, social yeah. network. It's yeah. great. Where he's just kind of blowing off that interview. Yeah, it's and then, like and the only almost thing. like a gang reflex. Yeah. It's the only thing it's I really remember about that movie. And he says it, it to Aaron Sorkin's like cameo character. Oh, wow. Speaks volumes. Wow. No, no it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Sanjuro. Uh, thank you for listening to Try Love. I'm Jason. I'm Harry. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. Uh, join us next time for whatever we do next. What are we doing next? I don't remember. Uh, La Dolce Vita, maybe? Maybe not, though. I'll watch that maybe. I, I haven't seen it. I want an excuse to see it. I also want to see it. It's three hours long. Whoa. Something else other than La Rashomon Dolce Vita. Is yeah. minutes long. <laughs> Just to remind everybody. Just to remind everyone. Mm.